Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the Co-Conspirators podcast. I'm your host, John. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Before you, it's episode 24. Oh, that's... <laughs> yeah. Because I have the number, but I didn't do a theory for one, did I? So that's why I'm one out. Oh, okay, right. Fair, fair. Respect around 24. Yeah, that's mad. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Co-Conspirators podcast. I'm your host, John, and as usual, I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Luke. Hi, everyone. And Callum. What's up? In today's episode, we'll be focusing on ancient Egypt, a hotbed for conspiracy theories from up to 5,000 years ago. The Pyramids of Giza, the Great Sphinx, ancient rulers, alien spacecraft and hieroglyphics. Ancient Egypt really does tick most of the boxes on conspiracy theory bingo. Even Elon Musk is an avid fan of pyramid conspiracy theories. I was just going to say, I, I remember Elon Musk posting that theory about the pyramids, and I think the actual president of Egypt got in touch with him to confirm they were not built by aliens. So that's definitely... Yeah, he did. He offered him a tour <laughs> to prove yeah. it. Yeah, when you search pyramid conspiracy theories, all it comes up is results of news articles yeah. about Elon Musk. It's really annoying. How's a tour, <laughs> tour going to prove it, though? It's like It doesn't prove that it's built by humans. No. Unless they're harboring ancient time travel technologies, they literally take them back to when they were being built to watch all the slaves toiling away. <laughs> Dirty rubble of bricks, you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> so on the subject of the pyramids, I'm actually going to hand over straight away for our first theory to Callum. Thank you very much, John. So yeah, as you basically said in the intro, you can't have a podcast about ancient Egypt without talking about pyramids. So historically speaking, the pyramids of Giza are easily one of the oldest mysteries to have ever caught the attention of historians and conspiracy theorists alike. Experts pinpointed their origins to be between 2560 and 2580 BC, almost 3,000 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. Respect that. They're the last standing uh, wonder of the world, aren't they? I think so, yeah. Are some of the wonders of the ones of the world not actually real things? I think there's no one knows about the Hanging Gardens. Of yeah, that's the one like, that always comes up. I mean, apparently it's meant to be this really beautiful garden, like lovely bit of uh, bouquets, but apparently at the same time, it could have been a hanging garden, literally where people used to get hung. So that's historians pretty... aren't really sure what it actually, oh, yeah. actually was. Maybe it had a, a nice little florist area and also <laughs> some, some heads. So it's either a horticultural student's uh, back garden or an execution centre, <laughs> no in between. Most ambitious crossover since uh, Kong on Godzilla. <laughs> I think with the Wonders of the World, there's like a, a modern Wonders of the World, and then there's the originals, which says like the Hanging Gardens of Babylon is in the originals, and then the modern is like the Great Wall of China. Is the pyramids in the modern one still, or is it just like that? Yeah, it's so in it's the in both. One as well. I think oh, so. Wow, fair play, versatile. <laughs> so, yeah, so these, these pyramids, like the tallest one, the Great Pyramid of Giza stands over 139 metres tall and held the title of the tallest monument in the world for over 4,000 years, which is a staggering achievement when you consider when it was built. What beat it? Is the Eiffel Tower, any chance? Or I don't know. Something, no, something... I, can, I can tell you off the top of my head. Wasn't Salisbury Cathedral the tallest in the world? Tallest thing in the world for it? Time. Yeah, it's probably about right. I think Eiffel Tower is a bit too late to overtake the pyramid. Yeah, but it's 139 meters really tall. It <laughs> is, yeah. It is. Yeah. Despite being heralded as one of the most advanced civilizations of their time, it is still baffling to comprehend how the ancient Egyptians manufactured these magnificent monuments. Excavations have revealed that the pyramids housed grand burial complexes that tunneled deep underground, aimed at transporting their pharaohs into the afterlife. So, do these tombs hold the answers to the questions of their existence, or the business secrets of the pharaohs just the tip of the pyramid? 
bit. I think the thing is as well with ancient Egypt is it's got relatively well documented stories. You know, people used to write down stuff. I mean, the Babylonians, which I think came like 2,000 years before, were also still writing down stuff on slaves. So you'd think somewhere, if it was like built by humans, there'd be some kind of record. I mean, it just seems there isn't any. They had all their hieroglyphs in there, if you can decipher those. But yeah, I think I mean, there's I, a depictions of what was going on at the time. Some guy decides, like, paint a nice picture there. And it's also a story of how we did everything. You'd think you'd think they'd document the buildings of the pyramid in some way, shape, or form, like whether it's in an art painting or you know hieroglyphs. I thought they'd yeah, deciphered the I hieroglyphs agree. by now. I, they had I done that as well. Yeah, they've def- definitely done some. Yeah. Well, how accurate it is or not is another matter. Probably just guess and <laughs> make make hated guesses. Or Imagine what, they're but, really far off and like a picture of a bird actually means like something like a, a mug of tea or something. And <laughs> it's just completely thrown off. They're thinking right. We're going to confuse all the generations that come after us. I'll yeah. never know how we built the pyramids. <laughs> so I suppose either that or the aliens forbade them from writing anything down. They had to do it all from memory. <laughs> so. On that subject, it's time to introduce the concept of pyramidology, which is the religious or pseudoscientific speculations regarding the Giza pyramid complex, and can also be stretched to include the Mayans and the Incas in South America. So what is pyramidology, you might ask? And I mean, the name does kind of give us away. I was going to say, <laughs> don't need three guesses. Yeah, well, I mean, but with that name, though, you would suggest like it's a hard science or something like that, like geology, biology, mm. any ologies, but it's all pseudoscience, according to what I've read. But it encompasses three main avenues, or four main avenues, you, sorry, relating to some educated guesswork, some speculation, a bit of myth about how the pyramids came to being and what secrets they may hold within. So the first of the four avenues, metrological, are theories regarding the construction of the pyramids of Giza by hypothetical geometric measures. The one such one is apparently the pyramids of Giza is a good example of the, the golden ratio, which I couldn't possibly understand. It put down to you in layman's terms without making a whole episode about maths. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be something to do with a perfect triangle or the way that oh, it's like right. the way it's constructed with the base and the height and the area. Oh, an isosceles or a scaling. It's a, it's a lovely... Uh, perfect one yeah it's pretty much something derived from Pythagoras but it's yeah. basically a mathematical marvel that was not actually written down until years after these pyramids were actually made so it was it was just in code <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's a symbol for the cat <laughs> <laughs> they're really complex maths for there was just a cat <laughs> <And> everyone <else. laughs> turn to the last page on your math exam see the cat you're like fuck <laughs> And what's the dog? Oh, no, that's just, uh, that's what we call a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Completely historically inaccurate. Sandwiches were invented about 5,000 years after it remains. State of that, a sandwich was invented about 2,000 years after they built a huge, massive yeah. fuck-off pyramid. <laughs> so, yeah, we can't, we can't cut bread into two slices and put a piece of ham in between, but we can build this 139-metre pyramid. <laughs> yeah, so after that little bit of a tangent there, I'll go to the next avenue of pyramidology which I is like it. Nice uh, math talk pun. With a tangent. <laughs> yeah. Angles and all sorts here. Be going off on a bit of a cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got numerological, which are the theories that the measurements of the Great Pyramid and its passages have esoteric significance and are potentially containing encoded messages. So the third, pyramid power, which, as it sounds, suggests that the pyramids are vessels built to contain supernatural powers, perhaps the lost souls of pharaohs, an avenue explored by many a Hollywood film. 
I don't know if you're going to talk about it. Does did you talk about like all the British explorers that ended up just dying? The guys who found like two in Camus. No, I didn't even think to include any of that in this. But it was quite surprising how many of them died in mysterious circumstances yeah. after having interacted with relics from these. It's, it's quite fascinating. I think there's because of that. There's also a lot of conspiracies. But yeah, what I find interesting about the pyramids is like the booby traps and stuff. Is is so fascinating. The traps they set up, whereas today it's just like oh, a mine in the land. That's so boring in comparison to the tricks <laughs> that they used to be able to come up with. It's like an Assassin's Creed. It's puzzle. Not home alone. Yeah. <laughs> but I suppose you think efficiency nowadays. Why bother having to rig up complex uh, pulleys and weight systems and spice? So you can just pack a little explosive <laughs> into a thing and bury it in a hole. I saw proximity mine. <laughs> I've had flashbacks of those, or flashbangs <laughs> to those. <laughs> so after Pyramid Power, we have the final avenue, and this is the one that I will be venturing down for the majority of this podcast on my part at least, which is pseudo-archaeological theory. Proponents of these theories deny that the pyramids were built to serve exclusively as tombs of the pharaohs, pushing alternative explanations that include the use of long-lost knowledge or anti-gravity technology, just to name a few, and hypotheses that they were built by someone other than the historical ancient Egyptians. If you're a regular listener to these podcasts, you definitely would have heard us mention that aliens built the pyramids, or at least allude to it in several of our episodes. This is easily one of the most popular theories that have risen from ancient Egypt, and the first thing that springs to mind when you mention the pyramids to many people. Unfortunately, as you can imagine, there isn't very much hard evidence that can prove this theory, given that we've yet to prove the existence of extraterrestrial life full stop. The main argument is simply the assumption that there was no way that an ancient civilization would have had the inventions required to assemble such colossal structures, or even even the architectural knowledge to draw the first hieroglyphical blueprints. Egyptians must have been guided by an advanced alien race that had knowledge of complex mathematics and also powerful technology that could manipulate giant stone bricks used in the construction, as there was no way that ancient Egyptian manpower alone could have lifted stone bricks weighing over 2,000 kilograms each, especially to the heights at which the pyramids were built. I think maybe you could say, between manpower alone, yeah, you could build the first layer, and then uh, that's a nice little stone circle. Yeah, I, I just have visions of, like, 100 people trying to carry one stone at, like, 100-meter pyramid and just, like, falling down and all dying. That's the only way I can picture it. You just can't picture them doing it unless they had some kind of train system and uh, complex and... pulleys and all sorts. Yeah, but then, I guess that's one way. I think in the textbooks you used to get as a kid was like ancient Egypt was a stalwart in our history lesson, especially in primary school. I think I can recall pictures of seeing them rolling the stones down on logs. Okay, that can explain maybe how they got them from the quarries yeah. to the foundations, but not how they built it over 100 meters tall. Good luck rolling a cube as well. Oh, it's rolling them on top of logs. Oh, okay. I remember hearing like they used ramps and pulled them up ramps. But then I saw somebody supposedly debunk this by saying the angle the ramps would have had to be at to reach that height, the ramp itself would have had to be something like 80 miles long, <laughs> which there's no way it would have been. <laughs> I also just think yes, it's these ancient times, but having to be having like a finite number of logs you think to roll this stone along, to keep, you have to keep running around, put a log in front of it it's like, we've got a little bit further, next log in front like continuous process, it must have taken ages to even get the stones from the quarries Do you know how long it officially took? Is that known or not? I don't given think that, it, given that, I'm not like, sure it's certain pharaohs yeah. asked them to be built for their tomb, it must be in their lifetime, which yeah, exactly. was relatively short, wasn't it? I swear, well, 
because they would have wanted to see yeah. it. Like, didn't Cleopatra die at about 30? Well, Tutankhamun yeah. yeah. died very young, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe they had them built in advance. Sort of just, yes, I'd like a pyramid. Here's your selection. You've got the catalogue. Would you like this one, this one? You can pick out which pyramid <laughs> you like the best. They can, then they can customise the options. We have these booby traps. You can have this burial chamber, this number of slaves to take with you to the afterlife. The actual pyramid is already <laughs> set in stone, if you'll pardon the pun. <laughs> so going back to the pyramids being sheer possibility it seems from human perspective that they could have been built by man alone even with complex pulleys and ropes and thousands and thousands of slaves working 16 hour days this could um, also draw in another theory which is known as ancient astronauts which alleges that alien races made contact across the world during the early days of history inspiring the invention of modern technologies cultures and religions this theory links many archaeological phenomena and artwork from the pyramids of Giza Inca and Maya to the Nazca lines and even the Easter Island heads, which may be evidence that alien races visited ancient humans who then built shrines and worshipped them as deities. So, going back to Giza, I found an interesting angle on the structural significance of the pyramids, which may support the idea of alien intervention. The Orion correlation theory suggests that there is a correlation between the location of the three largest pyramids of the Giza pyramid complex and the star constellation of Orion's belt, and that this correlation was intended as such by the original builders. The stars of Orion were associated with Osiris, the ancient Egyptian god of rebirth and afterlife. So pretty appropriate there, given the pyramids house their dead pharaohs. Some proponents of the theory also include some of the smaller pyramids, as well as the River Nile, in order to fill out the full constellation and to match it with the Milky Way. Some have even gone so far to include the Statue of the Sphinx, which is thought to represent the constellation of Leo, as its location relative to the pyramids echoes that of the respective constellations. I think later in the episode, John's going to talk to us more about the Sphinx, if I get that correct. You have got that correct, yeah. Given the years of research that have been dedicated to deciphering the mysteries of the pyramids, this theory is relatively recent, having been formed in 1989 by Belgian author Robert Boval. In the words of Spencer Owen, it's always a Belgian. <laughs> <laughs> I've made way too many Spencer Owen references throughout the course of this cast. <laughs> I don't think anyone's getting them, but I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> I hope he listens. He definitely does, don't we? <laughs> sure he does. I'll tweet him. So Boval noticed that Mintaka, the smallest and dimmest of the three stars that make up Orion's belt, was slightly offset from the other two stars, which could be intercepted by a straight line drawn at roughly 45 degrees from the bottom left star, Alnitak. He then made a connection between the three stars in the belt with the layout of the three main pyramids of Giza when viewed from above. This has led to the theory that the three pyramids were placed by design to correlate with the relative positions of the three stars in Orion's belt. During the time that the pyramids were built, Orion's belt culminates at about 44 degrees by 30, and thus, the Egyptians constructed the south tunnel to point towards the south, with the same angle 44 degrees by 30. So on some nights, light from Orion's belt would shine through the shaft towards the king's chamber in the middle of the pyramids. To add a little tangent, some flat earthers have used this theory as evidence that the earth is flat, because the stars never change position in the sky. However, this assumption is incorrect and was accounted for by Boval, who formulated it using the position of Orion's belt when the Egyptians built the pyramids, not the current positions of the stars now. So if you wanted to try and shine through this tunnel again, you wouldn't be able, they wouldn't be so lucky and you wouldn't have the ancient glow of Orion guiding you to the afterlife as the Egyptians probably intended. Possibly got in it. You spend all that time lining up with these stars and a few years later it's off. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to shift them around. Yeah. Slowly make the hole bigger and bigger. Yeah. <laughs> you shift away the whole side of the pyramid. 
<laughs> so, why use Orion's belt as a staging point for building the pyramids? Aside from being one of the most recognisable constellations in the night sky, perhaps the only one that I can confidently point out, the Orion constellation holds great significance in numerous cultures. The ancient Egyptians were the first to write about it, associating the stars of Orion with Osiris, the sun god of rebirth and afterlife, and a key figure in the Egyptian deities. Many Egyptians, but I think many, most, I say many, I say many, I say most, I think it was all Egyptians believed that Orion was considered the abode of Osiris following his resurrection when in their law he was killed by his jealous brother Seth. Seth. <laughs> that sounds like a normal name. It's just a normal American name, Seth. <laughs> Seth Rogen. <laughs> Osiris and Seth and Jeffrey. Got Osiris, Anubis, uh, Isis. Barry. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder he was jealous of Osiris had a much cooler name. Yeah, here. I'd be jealous of that. <laughs> By getting picked on for not having IS suffix at the end of his name. So Egyptians saw Osiris in the moon, whose phases caused Nile to rise and fall each month, and in the constellation Orion, whose appearance was connected with the annual floods. As god of the dead, Osiris welled recently deceased into their new world, so perfect company for a pharaoh clamouring for the paradise of the afterlife. Now linking back to the possibility of alien architects, perhaps the pyramids were aligned with Orion to provide easy navigation back to Earth. Unfortunately, this theory doesn't stand on entirely solid ground, have been subjected to some critique by astronomers, including one from Ed Krupp of the Griffith Observatory in LA or Los Angeles, who highlighted discrepancies in the alignment of Orion's belt with Compass Point North, going so far as to suggest that Boval turned his map upside down to draw the perfect intercept between the pyramids and Orion's belt. So Krupp points out that the slightly bent line formed by the three pyramids was deviated towards the north, whereas Orion's belt deformed to the south. I think if you look at pictures of this, the way that Boval first drew his map... Weird. So you got pyramid in the bottom left, pyramid basically 45 degrees up, and then one even further up from that. So it's a steeper incline. It should be the other way around if it was to really correlate with the location of the pyramids relative to the stars. So I think Krupp does have a point. And it did eventually come out that Boval did flip his map upside down to fit the theory. At the same time, I'm sure the Egyptians, as good as they were with the stars, I mean, isn't that a mistake that they plausibly could have actually made? Is doing it the wrong way around they don't have the technology we have today they're just looking at it from the natural eye and oh, that's a really good point because also they, what isn't mentioned in the construction of the pyramids they were smart about where they built they didn't build them on the sand they built them on solid bedrock mm -hmm. so there might not have been some bedrock in the perfect place for the Ryan so they had to compromise mm -hmm. a bit and it's only the one pyramid that they got the light to shine through anyway so the rest are just maybe accessories yeah so yes definitely enough symbolism to suggest that the Orion correlation can't be immediately dismissed as pure fantasy so maybe aliens or other mythological forces were involved with building the pyramids. Of course, like always, there is a boring answer to the question of who built the pyramids. As I said, as I said last episode, the ancient Egyptians likely enlisted thousands of slaves to quarry, sculpt, and position the stones. Excavations have uncovered remains of what appear to be towns, which have been described as workers' villages. In fact, this is quite interesting. Among the discoveries were communal sleeping quarters, bakeries, breweries, and kitchens, with evidence showing that bread, beef, and fish were staples of the diet. A hospital and cemetery where some skeletons were found with signs of trauma associated with accidents on building sites. I don't know how they were able to work out bread, beef, and fish were staples of the diet, because I'm sure the ancient Egyptian menu, in keeping with all their hieroglyphics, probably showed a chair, a feather, <laughs> and um, a river as their, as, their, as their meal deal. It's just smart how they work these things out. I mean, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if they worked it out from like a, a menu or whether they've worked it out from the bones somehow, because they do seem to be able to 
all that are. They definitely found evidence of pottery and things like that, which yeah. definitely in kind of eating implements. And also very interesting to immediately assume that they were all workers with um, who had some had work relate workplace injuries, wanted to had accidents, claim lines back in those days. <laughs> Nevertheless, this doesn't take away from the astonishing architectural achievement of the ancient Egyptians, let alone the expert levels of logistics required to coordinate such a project. And of course, being such widely renowned historical monuments, mystery is never too far away. Maybe the architects were guided by extraterrestrial forces who provided the astronomical guidance that inspired the designs. Perhaps the ancient Egyptian gods were actually extraterrestrials, appearing to the pharaohs in the form of dog and bird-headed people, as seen in the depictions of Anubis. And I think that was Ra. Horus. Um, it's Ra, Ra's a stern. Horus is... I thought Ra was a bird, bird or something. Or multiple bird-headed ones. I know it's Osiris had the head of a pharaoh, but mummified legs. Mm interesting can't be the most practical thing when you're going into battle with Seth your brother <laughs> with a device of a legs are strapped together <laughs> you can <pick> yeah. <laughs> anyway to close I'll end with the question pyramidologists or just plain pyramidians <laughs> that's, that's not mine I will be honest I nicked that from horrible histories <laughs> something mind. stuck with me on subjects of ancient Egypt I had to put it in there but were the Egyptians guided by the stars to build their ancient burial sites over to you guys I think a lot of ancient cultures uh, analysed the stars closely and understood the stars very well. It's not wouldn't just be the Egyptians like we hear stuff about the Incas and the Mayans using the stars to do certain stuff. So it wouldn't surprise me if they have based the pyramids of the Orient constellation, which you said is where a lot of them believe that Osiris lived. So it was clearly an important constellation to them, and it would, if anything, actually make sense to align the pyramids with them. It's whether they were capable of doing that, but it seems like relatively well documented that they did successfully get the star to shine through the passage. So, I, I mean, that's really impressive. And I, I think that would suggest that they definitely did base it off the constellation, just whether or not they built it themselves or they had an extra help. Because, you know, these ancient civilizations, they were very capable of doing some incredible things. But the pyramids just seems like a feat that is unrealistic just because you can't imagine such heavy objects being carried by any amount of men or system they had back then. Because we, we picture them living in these like mud huts like uh, straw roofs but they were capable of building these great architectural palaces and pyramids but if that's the case then why did they not have high-rise towns and lovely houses and stuff i guess because the pyramids also smooth on the outside so yeah. i find that quite interesting and you think even guys just now- going along with an 80 mile ramp as sandpaper that's why <laughs> <laughs> I would not want to do that job. <laughs> just send paper like a, a 139 meter tall face of. Oh, <laughs> poor guy about that. Also, you think though, even in today's logistics, moving 2,000 kilogram stones is not just a click of the finger job. You've got to have a lot of machinery to do it. Even with all the machinery, I'm sure. Yeah, that's the thing. Years. I would love to hear from someone who who does that kind of stuff, builds objects like the Shard and Empire State Building or whatever. How the hell did they build the pyramids? Like. How would they do it if they were going to do it today? I'd, I'd love to know. Just like I said for the 9-11 episode, if you have a billionaire recreate the 9-11 impact, let's yeah. build a pyramid out of stone and see how long it takes us. With... Surely Elon Musk do that. <laughs> I mean, he's been to visit it, so surely that'd be great in his um, war of words with the Egyptian officials. I reckon they'd let him, let him build exactly. a fourth one like, right next to it. <laughs> would he have to do it in like, the Nevada desert? Uh, it's the SpaceX pyramid. But yeah, even even though saying that, it also like things like the Empire State Building blow my mind, because you know, they built that in when like the 1920s or something i don't actually know the exact date but 
that was without the technology we have today, and that's so far in the sky and built it. So it's, it's impressive. Even the grand palaces you had in the medieval times, castles, anything, it's just yeah. baffling. They think, God, humans are actually pretty useful when you put our minds to it. It's, it's, it's kind of embarrassing. Like you think, oh, how the, like these people like 3,000 years ago were capable of doing like maths and architecture like this. And I, I wouldn't even have a clue where to start with stuff like that. But then you, oh, I think right. you just have to appreciate they're probably just as clever as, as we are today. We just have different kinds of yeah. yeah i don't think iq is actually i wouldn't imagine it has no. thousands of years i just hope you apply that knowledge they didn't have the technology we have at our hands today to make pioneering advancements in science and stuff but they were just had to work with what they had essentially also apparently when the pyramids were first built they were actually invisible what? <laughs> <laughs> something to do with how this just, walk, just walking, like, <laughs> walking in car and just bump <laughs> into a <laughs> Similar to do how the stones reflected the light. There was like this glass. There's like glass made out of the sand or something, and they were almost like see-through. They just reflect oh. desert. Back. There's reimagination. I did laugh, but I think I have oh, heard that as well. Yeah, I mean, when, if yeah. you go out in the snow and it's sunny, you're blinded. So I wouldn't quite call the snow invisible, <laughs> but I, I can understand the the logic there. Actually, the color of the stone as well is very similar to the color of sand. Mm. So in in the far off horizon, yeah, it's nothing very very much adaptive camouflage technology by the aliens that built it. Don't want other uh, warring races seeing their magnificent creations. They just stitched. Like chameleons, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them, you know. After everything else they've done to build it, that's just a, na- a natural step, isn't it? A few chameleons. <laughs> Sadly, after eight years, they all died, and the pyramid was no longer invisible. But after that, they just find they move on to South America and start all over again. But yeah, I think I think I love I love this theory a lot. The pyramids of Egypt are so fascinating for so many reasons. It's just you think something as big as that would be documented and would know a bit more about it. Like I know it's thousands of years ago, but we we know stuff about the um, Babylonians. We know stuff about the Mesopotamians. So you'd think, and we know a lot about the Egyptians, but we just don't know how they actually built the pyramids, which is something you thought we'd know. Like someone would have documented it, but clearly it hasn't been properly done, which just adds to the mysterious side of it because of how big the cons- conspiracy is and how interesting it is to me personally like i loved ancient egypt in school i still love it now and i'd love to go and visit the pyramids one day even if it is a, a dirty rubble of bricks um i'm gonna i'm gonna score this a 9.8 out of 10 i think it deserves more than 9.5 but i'm not gonna score it a perfect 10 i'm reserving that for something special so yeah you got a 9.8 out of 10 there well i'll take that very much i'm waiting to see what is a theory that gets a 10 out of 10 am i right in thinking that john you have given a 10 out of 10 before you've, i don't know how you've given, given 10, one, I, I was gonna say i feel like i have like I i've got given a couple out i think one was for um luke's illuminati mason's milton Keynes theory that's one of my favorite <laughs> i think i've been a bit stingy <laughs> going back i might have given a few of the the 9-11 ones, like the Pancake Theory. I know John did a lot of research into that. I was maybe a bit stingy with my score there. But yeah, I, I think in terms of um, believability, I don't find it too unbelievable. You know, in terms of scoring it, um, I, I mean, I'm actually quite convinced that they did build it to align with this Orion constellation, you know, even though apparently Bovell flipped his map or whatever. The fact that he can still flip his map and almost get it perfect to the Orion constellation, I mean, surely that just tells you something. It seems too coincidental that constellation where they believe their God lived and the pyramids aligned to when a map is flipped it just happens to be the case. It seems to me like they've, they've planned that. They were obviously capable of incredible things using stars or whatever. So I'm going to actually score that an 8 out of 10 on believability. But then I guess the question lies large as to who helped them with it, whether they built it themselves or they had some extraterrestrial help. I mean, given these guys couldn't even write, they had to draw pictures. You'd argue that might have had a bit of extra help, but 
I don't know. It seems very difficult to judge. They workers' villages suggest that there was just a, a ton of slaves, and you know, I mean, obviously that's a lot more realistic than aliens helping out. But I think I'd like to think aliens helped out. Yeah. I'm surprised that you said there's stuff like breweries and cemeteries. I thought these people would just treat the slaves if they were building a pyramid. Maybe for the care about them, for but... and stuff. I don't know, but yeah. But I mean, if we're gonna go in terms of alien help, I'm gonna go for. I'm actually gonna go for a five out of ten. I think more because I want it to be true, but also just because it, it blows my mind and I don't find it fully explainable to be built by slaves unless they had some kind of sick maths and sick architecture that they never, ever documented. Yeah, it's all very fair enough. I think, I, I just, at least one of those ones is never going to get yeah. fully answered that question. That will always be lingering. Like age yeah, less- and I, I guess you could argue as well if aliens built it for them, they wouldn't understand how it was built so they could never document it and maybe that's why there is no documentation. But there is like UFOs in their hieroglyphics and stuff put two and two together and you get a cat <laughs> <laughs> so what about you then John what do you think I mean I'm going to echo a lot of what Luke said on both fronts to be honest I think the overall theory you know if it's got the pyramids in it's already going to score very highly there's some good detail in there. I really like the night sky stuff. I'd, I'd heard that there was a lot of mathematical significance around them. I didn't know the full details of it. So I found it really interesting theory. And I'm going to go for a 9 out of 10, I think. In terms of believability, again, there's no way it's coincidence that it maps up with the Orion constellation. And that was clearly intentional, you know, to mirror their gods. And, and when you said that there are actually some more things you could line up and add into the picture, and it actually doesn't only reflect that one constellation, it's also the whole Milky Way. I think if you believe that's coincidence, you believe anything. So, yeah, I think believability wise, maybe you need not so much the alien helping out with it, but I think. Oh, I don't know. Because I don't really know what I'm I think, but I do what, maybe I'll do a Luke. Did he split into just purely it was built to align with Orion for symbolic purposes and the goddess Iris? And then you can tack on an extra believability score just for the aliens, just for a bit of fun. All right. So I think, I mean, if you say built solely as a tribute to Osiris and the gods, I, I think it, it also was a tomb. I just think they were kind of twinned with each other. It was a tomb, perhaps with a passage to yeah. the afterlife <laughs> up, up high. So I, I'd give it like an eight and a half. Yeah, because like Osiris was the, basically the god of the afterlife who guided all the pharaohs on their next journey. Exactly. So it, the two, two fit each other perfectly. So actually, we're <laughs> in nine then, the believability on that. Alien side... I mean, up until maybe five years ago, I thought we did know for sure. And I was, couldn't believe it when I found out actually we aren't fully sure how they were built. So I think for that reason, you have to say perhaps there was something a bit weird going on. Could it be aliens? Who knows? So I think I'll score it a four out of ten for believability on that front. Yeah, good thoughts there. And basically, it, it does seem quite compelling, the, the argument for Osiris and Orion. Even though prior to reading about this theory, I thought Orion was always something to do with Greece, given it. I think Orion means the hunter. I didn't realise it was actually ancient Egypt. Egyptians who first discovered it in their mythology. And it's really interesting to see how it's spread through multiple different ancient mythologies and ancient histories. But it's really hard to ignore the symbolism of how the burial chamber aligns with the light shining from one of the stars, how the three pyramids are in a line, which is quite strange. Not not in a perfectly straight line. Like, like you've, If you're going to be perfectly architectural and mathematical about it, in a line with one slightly adjacent, the same way that the Orion's belt is. I mean, I think they'd do it's, very well to get it perfect, given 
they're just using their natural eye. Give them some leeway. Also, the smaller pyramid aligns with the smaller star as well. Mm. So that is this thing. It's, it's got um, it's got to be by design. So I'm going to basically echo both of your thoughts. And I'm going to give it a solid eight out of ten on believability, just because we know how much symbolism meant to these cultures. That's for the aliens one. It is always interesting to me how these ancient civilizations come up with the gods and the depictions of these gods. How they vary so greatly in terms of appearance, but um, Repson seems to have gods of different facets of their lives like gods of war gods of food gods of harvest etc so maybe just maybe there could be instances of extraterrestrials visiting presenting themselves in these crazy forms that the gods took and then these ancient civilizations being so enamored instantly devoting shrines just like the Ewoks did with C-3PO never seen anything of the like <laughs> humanoid clad all in gold shiny yeah. it's like the pyramids <laughs> good point there but the Egyptians but maybe not the Egyptians so much for fans of human sacrifice but they sacrificed slaves to their um, pharaohs basically buried them alive for all intents and purposes definitely knows that the Mayans and Incas in South America they loved human sacrifice so anything to appease their gods these deities uh, why not build a nice big pyramid for them it's a very pleasing structure to the eye and if it does correlate this golden ratio it's almost the perfect structure in terms of pyramid and of course, there's all the logistical arguments. There's no way that ancient men could have devised a technology with which to lift stone slabs of 2.25 tons up to these dizzying heights. So until there is direct confirmation that aliens definitely weren't involved, I'm going to go for I'm going to go for a five out of ten that aliens were involved. Yeah, I think that's enough for me. I've gone done that theory. I went quite in depth. With it. I really enjoyed research. I'm glad you two gave it scored it highly. That's enough about the pyramids. Now let's link to the Sphinx potentially representing Leo in the constellations. John's going to tell us more about this ancient cat. <laughs> I like it. Right, okay, so as mentioned, my theory... Oh, it's not really a theory, it's just a kind of information and an alternative look at the Sphinx itself. The Great Sphinx of Giza, commonly shortened to the Sphinx, is a limestone statue of a reclining Sphinx, which is a mythical creature with the head of a human, the body of a lion, and the wings of an eagle. And the face of the Sphinx is generally believed to uh, represent the pharaoh Kafri or Kafri, I don't really know how it's pronounced. So the, the hopefully our Egyptian listeners can let me know. I also didn't know it had a wing. We shall come on to that because basically the mythical creature, the Sphinx, does have wings. Oh, yeah, okay. As you've noticed, this one doesn't. So yeah, so it's cut from the bedrock below. So the original shape of the Sphinx uh, over many years has been restored with layers of blocks of stone. It measures 73 metres long from paw to tail, 20 metres high from the base to the top of the head and 19 metres wide at its rear haunches. The Sphinx is the oldest known monumental sculpture in Egypt and is commonly believed to have been designed, sculpted and constructed by the ancient Egyptians of the Old Kingdom during the reign of the pharaoh Khafre in around 2500 BC. Initially, it was thought to just be a head, so the statue itself is just a head, but upon further excavation in the 1930s, the incredible remainder of the Sphinx was unveiled. As magnificent as the Sphinx clearly is to look at, it's actually quite strikingly out of proportion. So I don't know if you've ever had a kind of proper look at it, but it's quite obvious, even if you're not looking out for it, it is. Uh, isn't, it's never... isn't its head massive? Other way around. Body. Really? Oh, yeah. I was talking about a massive head. <laughs> so clearly <laughs> I haven't always... looked at it hard enough. <laughs> In short, the head is actually far too small compared to the legs and body. 
Now, clearly, as evidenced by the perfect proportions of things like the pyramids in their initial state and other monuments around ancient Egypt, it's clear that the ancient Egyptians were masters of creating stone statues, leading many to believe the poor proportions are not merely a mistake made by those that built it. I've just had a look at it now. I can definitely see where you're coming from now. The head looks tiny. Yeah. <laughs> oh. see, there's like a side-on view of it, and it just ruins it. Never knew I was looking at it the same way now. <laughs> that was me thinking the head was massive. So one of those guys that doesn't have a neck. That's what it looks like. <laughs> this big head, just like when he's yeah. called off night day <laughs> Yeah, top bloke. Because the things put mayonnaise in their hair. Does <laughs> <laughs> smell a bit eggy around there. <laughs> so yeah, due to the fact that the sphinx was buried up to its neck for most of its life, the head should be far more eroded than the rest of the body due to exposure to the sun, wind, and sand being blown into it. This is the case for a lot of other similar buried structures. However, the Sphinx actually exhibits the opposite. The head is far better preserved than the rest of the body. A possible explanation for this is that the head of the Sphinx was actually recut and shaped after its initial construction. So the current head rock is actually younger and being exposed to the elements for less time than the rest of it. The logical follow-on is that originally the structure wasn't actually a Sphinx at all, but something completely different. The name of the Pharaoh Khafre that the Sphinx is supposedly modelled on should be expected to be present on the structure, at least somewhere on it. So with other kind of similar monuments there are names of the pharaohs they are built for carved into them but there's no mention of the pharaoh or the creator of the sphinx suggesting that this is actually a monument to a higher power or star system and not a pharaoh the sphinx does its talking with its mathematical and astronomical positioning rather than what's written on it lions were the alpha predator in egypt around the time that the sphinx was constructed and were prevalent in ancient egyptian culture they featured for example on pharaoh's thrones and makeshift jewelry a small sacred carving of a lion was found on a stone tablet predates the pyramids by many decades. The lion, other than the head, bears a striking resemblance to the Sphinx, and as a result, it's believed that the Sphinx was actually originally a lion. Mm. Cairo Museum also holds the oldest Sphinx statue in the world, but its ears have been hacked away, and again, the head is too small for the body. This implies it was the ears of a lion that were removed, so obviously they're very different to human ears, and the head was reshaped into a human head, much like what may have happened with the Great Sphinx. The fact that the Great Sphinx, as Luke kind of touched on before, has no wings like a traditional mythical sphinx also points to the fact it was initially a lion that was merely reshaped into a sphinx moving on slightly the water erosion hypothesis postulated by geologists states that the sphinx must predate the official estimates of its age by not just a few years but by thousands of years due to the evidence of water damage water in the desert exactly <laughs> well come on to that jesus drank it all in those 40 days man. <laughs> way before jesus <laughs> so a top geologist was challenged with the task of identifying the type of erosion on the sphinx stone without being told it was the sphinx to sway his view so basically he agreed to this challenge someone basically like asked for his services said would you be able to identify what's causing erosion on this stone he mm -hmm. said yes and they basically chopped it up so it just looked like a block rather than the sphinx so he so he wasn't kind of swayed by that and he concluded, with complete certainty, the erosion was caused by water and rainfall. However, the official story of the Sphinx says there's been no consistent rainfall in the area for thousands of years. Ooh. Aren't the pyramids literally next to the city of Cairo now? Literally, you can like see it for certain buildings in Cairo. Or Giza, sorry. Yeah, Giza, it, it, it's nowhere near as kind of out in the desert as you think it is. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like, you think of the pyramids, you think of the desert, and then I've, I've seen certain videos where it's literally next to, to a massive city. Does that city not... Go get rain and stuff or probably not it's probably like okay. Vegas just built in a desert yeah, yeah. no rain maybe they do what they do in Dubai and have artificial rain just Possibly. on the city not on the desert not on the pyramids 
Imagine that, like a bit of a, a bad rainfall month, and the Sphinx and the pyramids just wash away. Just <laughs> melt. <laughs> There's a KFC right by the pyramid. Yeah. Thinking Carl Pilkins. Isn't it for like deaf people? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the one. It's a good idea, actually. <laughs> it's a bit pointless. But... So the climate of Egypt, and more specifically Giza, has been desert for thousands of years. But there was a lot more rainfall and water around 12,000 years ago, in around 10,000, 10,500 BC. The Sphinx has all the hallmarks of water erosion and not your typical sand and wind erosion. So if the Sphinx is indeed anywhere from 12,000 to 25,000 years old, this has some serious implications because not only will it rewrite our understanding of the early development of man and civilization, also it means the original lion statue would have been perfectly facing the lion or Leo constellation at the time of its construction, meaning the Egyptians of that time had far more advanced knowledge of astronomy than we currently believe by tens of thousands of years. That's, yeah, I mean, that's that's impressive. I didn't even know the Egyptians were really a thing uh, 10,000 years before. They were a thing, <laughs> if that made sense. Well, that's a thing. Well, I think officially they're not. Yeah. But, but this water erosion is saying this must have been built 10,000 years before yeah. we think it is. As a result, who built it? Aliens. <laughs> I mean, possibly. Aliens Aliens <laughs> came down, were attacked by the lions and just worshipped them and fed them so they wouldn't attack them and built the statues for the lions. Yes. <laughs> in the lion constellation. <laughs> So 8,000 years later, Egyptians emerge and then decide, okay, we'll build some big triangles next to it. It's the company. <laughs> and we'll cut off the ears or whatever. Yeah. I know, we need to make some corrections to the actual head and we keep <laughs> chipping away to get smaller and smaller and finally <laughs> get it right. So yeah, man around 10 to 20,000 years ago, which is kind of the age that the Sphinx is now being thought to be, was incredibly primitive. These early humans lived in caves or simple huts and teepees and were hunter-gatherers. They had only just started using basic stone and bone tools uh, and those are only really used for hunting birds and wild animals and I suppose most importantly of all it then follows that they were absolutely not capable of building elaborate stone structures such as the Sphinx so this means either something other than humans built the structure or that humans around that time were actually far more advanced than we currently believe or, or maybe alternatively it could be this one guy who's been completely outcast for his tribe for being the artsy type <laughs> instead of running off hunting wild beasts he's there chipping away at stones he's like well, I'll do something I'll show them devises masterpiece of bedrock makes his life work to uh, carve a lion out of it that goes beyond eccentric yeah <laughs> it would also also explain the messed up proportions because he, he was just a, a stupid guy from ten thousand years ago just flute <laughs> <laughs> The history is done this service by attributing it to the Egyptians 10,000 years after it was actually made. I know, you'd be livid. So adding sort of some further weight to the idea the Sphinx is actually a lot older than currently stated is the fact that the Sphinx is made up of its original parts and then repairs. So repairs have been done for hundreds, if not thousands of years. But most importantly, some of the repair rocks date back four and a half thousand years to the time when the initial structure was supposedly first built. Clearly this doesn't make any sense, because why would the Sphinx be being repaired with different rock at the same time as it was also being built? This again points to the fact that the Sphinx is far older than just 2,500 BC, and that repairs at this time took place on what was an already built and eroded over thousands of years monument. Some researchers go as far as saying the Sphinx is as old as 40,000 years old, which is well into the Ice Age, also at a time where stone tools were only just being introduced. The age of Leo, uh, the star sign, occurs roughly every 25,000 years, so could the lion actually have been facing the previous cycle of the Leo constellation, not 12,000 years ago, but 13,000? 37,000. I didn't even know the stars Ooh. shifted around like that. It's certainly interesting. That's one of the things I mentioned in my theory that the stars do move and that basically debunks oh, flat Earth. Yeah. 
of flat Earth ideas that the stars are in one fixed position, hence the Earth is flat. Astronomy for now just revealed, yes, the stars are they're constantly shifting as probably the galaxy is expanding mm. still. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, as Callum kind of touched on previously, the Great Pyramids match up to the Orion constellation in the night sky. So as well as the Sphinx matching Leo and being perfectly aligned due east, however... Around 2500 BC, when both the pyramids and the Sphinx were allegedly built, neither lined up very well at all with these constellations. However, if you go back 12,500 years to 10,500 BC, both match up perfectly with the stars, again suggesting these ancient structures are far more ancient than we thought. That is written in the stars. (laughs) (laughs) Stars don't lie. Millions. So also, underneath the left paw of the Sphinx, Sonar discovered a large man-made chamber. Upon his discovery, the Egyptian authorities banned the architects working on the Sphinx from examining any closer and seeing what was inside. The Egyptian authorities themselves have since drilled below the paw under the guise of clearing groundwater. But it's theorised that perhaps they've actually been examining the chamber and its potential treasures themselves. I mean, it's all just pointing to a UFO being in there, isn't it? You just say say they're trying to clear the groundwater. When it says groundwater, I think it means water trapped underneath Uh, the ground. So along with any potential treasure, this chamber may also contain references and evidence of the early advanced civilizations that would run counter to mainstream theory of how advanced they were at the time. An Egyptian priest even claimed to have records dating back tens of thousands of years showing how advanced the Egyptians actually were, but these have never made it to the mainstream or public. My theory is also going to touch on this a bit, so yeah, stay tuned. Ooh, the Egyptians were cool. more advanced than we thought, apparently. I don't want to tread on anyone's toes initially on these for these stories, but what would be the reasoning behind not wanting to basically say, oh, we were even more advanced than we first thought? Why would you hold this from the history? I don't even... know, but we've, we spoke about this before, haven't we, with the Amazonians and other civilizations? Yeah, we did. I haven't really found the answer, I'm just struggling. Surely you want to constantly be revising history, but keeping it as up-to-date as possible. Do you want to admit you're wrong? No, I guess that's the question. Does it look bad for, like, Americans and Europeans if they weren't really the advanced race that shaped the world? I suppose, but this was tens of thousands of years ago, so we can argue that these races, they were in power now, and for better or for worse. But what's what's the problem with... It's not going to change anything that's happening now, which is going to be have to reprint some history books. Maybe it was genocide. <laughs> Maybe we killed all the advanced civilizations to become the number one advanced civilization, and, and that's the issue. I am sort of coming on to that point raised by Luke. As for why they cover it up, I'd, yeah, I mean, that doesn't seem a great deal. I think if, if you're suddenly saying that tens of thousands of years ago, they were, when we're told now that they were just, in effect, cavemen and they're actually building massive pyramids, I think people would ask questions about what else has been covered up and how advanced perhaps we are behind the scenes and not in the public. Yeah, I suppose it, just, it just doesn't really give off a great message when the Egyptians ban anyone from examining this chamber under the poor and still haven't seemed to have released any information about it. Mm. Yeah, uh, and I think the people who investigated it, Firstly, they're, they're almost solely convinced that the authorities went in, took all like the golded stuff, and have kept it for themselves. But also, yeah, could be covering up something a bit more interesting. I suppose this is a sad greed message as a small, isolated incident. Yeah, okay, we just want to be extra treasure. Yeah, you can kind of see that. But if there was some technology or something underneath, that would be a whole different kettle of fish. I think you can maybe understand why they wouldn't want to reveal that, given America's history with UFOs and what may or may not be going on at Roswell. Yeah, very true. Okay, so. One theory around the kind of age 
of the pyramids and perhaps why they were so advanced so long ago is that the pyramids and the sphinx point to a cyclic model of civilization and not a linear one. So in short, this means that civilization and man rise and fall over time in terms of their development rather than just advancing constantly. Huge events such as asteroids and floods reset civilization back to a starting point, meaning tens of thousands of years ago there may have been civilizations as advanced, if not even more advanced than humans are now, but they were wiped out by a catastrophic event or even nuclear war. So perhaps the uh, term nuked back to the Stone Age was actually once a reality. Crazy as it sounds, it could explain the fact that we're still unsure of how certain monuments, such as the Pyramid, Sphinx and Petra, would even be built today in such size and detail, let alone tens of thousands of years ago. Do we count global pandemics amongst these cataclysmic events? I don't see why not. <laughs> so maybe we're right at the peak now, we're about to go right off the edge. <laughs> Plus it's a great reset for dragging a much more contemporary conspiracy theory. If we well, exactly. Yeah, if anyone builds a pyramid and a sphinx, start worrying. <laughs> Keep my eyes peeled on Milton Keynes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can just imagine 10,000 year time, the great pyramids of Milton Keynes. <laughs> <laughs> They definitely do have a KFC. <laughs> They're already halfway there. So perhaps past civilizations are actually as advanced as we are now, which maybe also gives weight to some of our previous theories surrounding things like the Amazonian cities mentioned last episode. And maybe these civilizations were wiped out and their modern developments destroyed in a catastrophic event or war. So just to conclude, was the Sphinx actually originally a lion built as an homage to the Leo constellation that was perhaps later replaced by an egotistical pharaoh? Was it built 10,000 years earlier than we currently believe were ancient civilizations far more advanced than we currently believe and we're all but just a few monuments wiped out due to catastrophe or is the sphinx just that a stone statue of a mythical creature over to you guys i don't know i i, I like it a lot i like the idea of this uh well i don't know if i like it but i find it interesting this idea of a cyclical kind of civilization theory i guess my only question here is you know you got the sphinx surviving you got the pyramids surviving if they were super advanced would they not build buildings like like, I don't know, the Shard, the Empire State Building, that if an asteroid hit Japan or Australia and wiped out everyone on Earth, would those buildings not still survive and would still be able to see them like 2,000 years on? Maybe they just really like uh, nostalgia, like their rustic designs. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I was just going to say, I did kind of think the same thing. I think maybe, I don't know, in terms of advanced, it doesn't necessarily mean that they moved massive distances. You know, we have civilizations today that can be deemed very advanced, but still live in reasonably primitive mm. ways and they may have seen the, a pyramid because don't forget originally it was covered in limestone and it was supposedly completely reflective and almost invisible and it had a gold top to it which has obviously been eroded over time yeah due to this catastrophe or just due to natural weathering anyway so i mean if, if we left everything completely still had a, maybe a huge nuke or whatever you see entire cities get almost vaporized so i don't think it's beyond the realm that it was just destroyed and maybe a big desert like egypt or giza mm -hmm. kind of escaped the brunt yeah. of it. yeah I, I did have the same thought of you or maybe just all of these monuments are hidden by cloaking devices we haven't found them yet if we were truly advanced even more advanced than we are today <laughs> you never know probably have some case yeah we have some case that people just walking into invisible walls and not wondering what's going on. <laughs> Feels like I've walked into a giant tunnel. <laughs> if we were, you know, uh, about to have a big reset where 
only a few humans survive and have to kind of start again from the beginning. Like, what kind of monuments do you think people in like 4,000 years would be seeing from us? I'd be intrigued what would be classified as, you know, like really cool one, the ancient wonder of the world for us. Stadium MK. <laughs> I literally don't, I don't know what it would be. It'd be oh. The Shard. It's supposed to be Great Wall of China, but that's years back anyway. So Even that's ancient, yeah. Yeah, I, I think you've purely like built in the last hundred years yeah i guess so I, I guess like some of the man-made islands if they would be like oh my god these like ancient humans were building these man-made islands it's, it's quite hey, cool. the mm. burj khalifa tallest building in the world that's got to be a contender yeah. our version of the coliseum would just be a dw stadium obviously <laughs> <I've been winning. laughs> uh, stories that would come out incredible but yeah overall i think this is a really interesting theory it's definitely food for thought the fact that it does match up with the constellation as well it really does make you think i'm gonna score it a 9.5 out of 10 as a theory i i just love these ancient egypt theories because you know it's history and we don't always know exactly what's happened in history and even though there is good documentation on egypt there's still a lot of unknowns and you know it's not even just unknowns it's like how the hell did this happen with egypt like how is that happen? we just don't know and we can't explain it so it's it's super interesting in terms of believability i guess i'm gonna score it on the idea that you know there are actually a lot older than we think and more advanced than we think i'm gonna say it, it's quite believable you know i think some of the things you pointed to like the water erosion and stuff like that and also the fact that you know they built these incredible things they must have been advanced just based on that surely it's pretty unthinkable for a primitive community to build things like this but at the same time i don't know if that's just because we don't give them enough credit we think two thousand years ago and we think you know kind of stupid but you know the romans built a lot of good stuff the Egyptians built a lot of good stuff. So I think we went a bit backwards after that, didn't we? What, a thousand years after yeah. the Romans? I don't think anything really happened. I think we went a bit backwards. So I'm, I'm going to say it's r relatively believable, but I'm not too convinced. I'm going to score it a four out of ten. Okay, that's fair enough, I think. Callum, what do you I'm reckon? just thinking back to the old adage, If um, let me copy up your homework, which changes a little bit with the pharaoh um, making this additions to the statue. Now you've mentioned all these things, actually looking at the Sphinx and seeing how disproportionately small the head looks. Yeah, I've sent you across some pictures to look at if you wanted to have a quick look now, both of you. But yeah, I think it's I think it's almost not for debate how out of proportion it is. Yeah, and also then further, much more compelling evidence of the erosion, the water erosion theory from esteemed professors who have looked at it blindly and just seen a sample of the rocks and say that's definitely water erosion. And then perhaps maybe less concrete, but equally interesting is the whole argument that builds on what I talked about in my theory, the constellations... They are less concrete than the uh, concrete statue of the uh, <laughs> Sphinx. But... <laughs> yes, as I say, they say the constellations, how that at the time it was supposed to be made around 2500 BC, they didn't really align. But if you go back further to how the, the stars cycles work, 12,500, was it 37,000? Yeah, it was 12,500 years ago, and then 37 is the kind of next cycle before that. How they perfectly align, and plus Leo, Lion, Sphinx having the body of a lion. It, it's quite difficult. It's, it's almost too much to be a coincidence. And plus, I think, how common were lions in Egypt? Because I, I don't really think that's where they live. So that was another thing. So sort of two and a half thousand BC, when they were supposedly built officially, there were no lions. But then if you go back those twelve and a half thousand years when the climate was a lot wetter, there were lions. Oh, right. There we go then. And of course, it just gets even more interesting with the, the theory. It's definitely a theory that civilization is cyclical and how we can go through like undulations of peaks and troughs in our civilization based on cataclysmic events. So we had things like asteroids hitting, wiping out dinosaurs and then 
the Ice Age, which probably... But the only thing I'm saying is thinking about that, because surely something, even with a nuclear there was a nuclear war, some remnants of the past would um, survive, that would give us an idea of what technology they had back then, because it's not just going to be giant stone monuments, you think, unless we don't really know how the word advanced can be construed in different ways, if that makes any sense. Like, yeah, that might not be advanced when we think of our smartphones, the internet and stuff like that. They've ever been had. I guess the I thing is, if you, if you think of like the Egyptians as the start of the current cycle and we're saying that the Sphinx was built 40,000 years ago, I guess technology that was around 40,000 years ago would just have naturally kind of disintegrated and disappeared by now. And yeah. eroded, stuff built on, well, things built on top of it, even just picked up by the wind and stuff chucked on top of it. I mean, a lot happens in 40,000 years. I'm not sure how much stuff would realistically stand that length of time but that's a good point i think it's it plastic bags take hundreds of years to degrade but yeah not, that's still peanuts compared to a forty thousand year cycle especially if when we kind of restart with a more primitive state and you just stumble across this thing and you just don't know what it is so you just ignore yeah. it or try and eat it <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> how much technology has been lost to our hungry ancestors <laughs> but yeah overall this is a really enjoyable theory i really liked listening to it and it definitely got me thinking so again i'm going to score highly i'm go for a 9 out of 10 and the believability seems quite compelling I said that the Sphinx is not dated back to when we thought it was that 2500 is far too late for the Sphinx given all the evidence that seems to point to a much earlier building and also the changes I'm fully on board with this idea that the Sphinx was altered and the head was reshaped to suit the pharaoh he's piggybacked off someone else's work someone else has done all the groundwork if you'll pardon the pun would do this sculpting the body the paws etc he's just gonna whack my face on it it'll look a lot better i think we're gonna go for a six out of ten on believability not so much the idea that as much as as interesting a theory as it is that we are going through a a cycle and that we will eventually be replaced and go back to a much more primitive state despite how coronavirus might be hitting us and uh, despite our best efforts it doesn't seem to be getting any better but I don't think that's going to be enough to set us back to complete the primitive side unless everything is the world as we know it crumbles around us. Cool, thanks for that. So, yeah, I'll just wrap it up quickly from my end. I, I really enjoyed researching this one. I think it was, for something so famous, I really didn't know almost any of this beforehand. And I found it really, really interesting. So I'm going to give the overall theory a bit biased, perhaps, but I'm going to have a nine and a half out of ten. In terms of believability, as kind of you two touched on, there are bits in it I'm almost entirely convinced of. So the fact that it it was initially a lion's head because it points at the Leo constellation and doesn't look right at the moment. I think that's for me now almost completely beyond doubt. I'd go as high as like a nine, nine and a half out of ten on that part of it. And and same with it being older than we thought. I think it probably was built twelve and a half thousand years ago, so like kind of eight thousand years older than we are told now. Again, I'd give that aspect of it nine out of ten, which is I think pretty mind blowing because I don't know about you guys, but if I think back to even like kind of Battle of Hastings times, I don't think they would back then be able to to build a pyramid in the Sphinx perfectly facing its arse like due no, east yeah. so then you go back another 9,000 years it's almost I guess you what? could argue nothing really came astronomically close to what uh, they did until Galileo really discovered the uh, you know the telescope and things like that yeah exactly so I mean to be doing it just well 12 and a half years, thousand years prior to today I think it is crazy and certainly suggests to me there were yeah. a lot more advanced than we can credit for don't get me wrong they'd, they'd have done well to build a gigantic pyramid during the Battle of Hastings <laughs> <laughs> keep those arrows away from me I'm trying to build something <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> maybe that explains. I did the build like pretty insane like <laughs> castles and forts around that time, I guess. Was he not maybe. lined up to the stars as such? Oh, well, well, have we not implemented? Unless, unless. Yeah. They don't analyze that. Like <laughs> they probably lined up to at least one star. But yeah, in terms of certainly, I do believe they're more advanced than we're told now. Whether that means they were as advanced as us or even more advanced than us, since been wiped out, I'm not as convinced on that part. So for the overall theory time, everything together, just because I, I rate the lion side and the age of these things being older than we're told, I rate that part of the theory so highly in terms of believability, I think I'll fall on an overall 7 out of 10. That's interesting. I'm now going to hand over to Luke for our third and final Yeah, theory. thanks for that, John. So uh, my theory is also going to question how advanced the Egyptians really were. Were they actually more advanced than we believe? So I'm going to be talking a bit about mummification. And obviously, although it's around long before for the Egyptians, it's famously linked to be an Egyptian process. Over one million animal mummies and as many human mummies have enabled us to study the time period rather well due to the uh, well-preserved human remains. Modern-day scientific advances such as CT scans now also enable us to perform autopsies that can give us a very real indication of death and lifestyle, as well as being able to age various Egyptian leaders like King Tutankhamun. As John mentioned, Egyptians weren't stupid. Callum obviously alluded to it too as they built these massive pyramids. And mummification is an incredibly complex process, and given ancient Egyptian mummies preserved well for over 2,000 years, they were clearly masters of the art. But again, what do we expect from a civilization that used an 80-mile ramp to build a trio of pyramids that perfectly aligns to the Orient constellation and has booby traps that put modern-day pranksters to shame? The idea behind mummification is supposedly to preserve the body for the afterlife, and mummies are also buried with numerous items that they wish to take with them to the afterlife. There's a number of stages to the process that range from dehydration of the body to draining the brain through the nose and removing all the organs, because apparently you don't need your, your brain in the afterlife, but you need you need a body and stuff, so... <laughs> Switch your brain off. <laughs> Mummification didn't stop with the Egyptians, but was obviously never again done on the same scale. There was actually um, a period in British history where British aristocrats, including Francis Bacon, robbed themselves with mummies for medicinal purposes, which... I I find interesting it sounds like some kind of dodgy sex doll rubbing yourself with a mummy but <laughs> really weird sure Freud would be all down for that <laughs> oh damn right well, when I first heard this Very when fun. I first heard this I, I laughed at the idea before realising that my university actually has the mummified um, body of Jeremy Bentham who's the founder of utilitarianism on display and my university still wills him into meetings between the chairs of the university because he wrote in his will so it's pretty strange it's really creepy yeah. I've seen that that guy and it is it's actually weird. tradition for students to go to pay him a visit before he's answered for luck it's a tactic that I actually never tried but maybe I should have judging by my, some of my grades <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's open to the public anymore I think you have to like put a request in or something because it was getting damaged from like first, coronavirus now so they, they shipped him off to New York to the oh, I can't remember what the name of the museum is but one of the main museums in New York uh, he went away for a year and everyone's grades dropped heavily and then he so came back and he's gone back again <laughs> The, the mummy returns. So I think what you might be alluding to, John, is um, the rival's university stole his head and kicked it along London Bridge. So they had to take his head off display, but they still got his mummified body on display. That's even weirder. That's even <laughs> a headless yeah. mummy now. So it's a headless mummy. It's got, it's got like a plastic head now. 
which makes it even creepier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, going going back onto uh, the topic, in my theory, I actually don't really want to focus on why the Egyptians mummified themselves. As we all know, they did it in the hope that one day be on display in the British Museum for a 17-year-old Callum to see on a trip to London to watch England versus San Marino. Oh, that was scenes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, th- I think... Yeah. Realistically, it was without doubt for the afterlife, the idea of going into the afterlife. Maybe also a few of them thought, you know, there'll eventually be scientific advances so they can restore me back to life. Kind of like <laughs> how people get cryogenically frozen these days, just in case. And if that fails, we'll unleash a horrible curse on the world and they'll make a film out of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Instead, I want to focus on a conspiracy that bore out because of the fact that they're well-preserved, enabling us to study their lifestyles. And that is actually the theory that the Egyptians discovered the Americas and not Christopher Columbus. Oh my goodness. So firstly, I'd like to state that despite Columbus often getting credit, we already know for a matter of fact the Vikings discovered the Americas years before him. But what if the Egyptians not only discovered it thousands of years before, but were so advanced they actually had an established transatlantic trade on going with the Americas? My first piece of evidence is that the Egyptian mummification process closely mimics the process of cultural traditions in Peru and also the Canary Islands, which is obviously relatively close to uh, Egypt, but Peru is obviously the other side of the world. There is actually little evidence of Egyptians experimenting with mummification. They had a set process and boom, it perfectly worked in preserving bodies for thousands of years. And mummification is something that's actually very well documented. The stages are well documented, so we know how they did it. But, you know, there's not really any documentation or evidence of them experimenting. So could they have picked up these techniques from ancient civilizations they met in the Americas? As I mentioned, mummification was incredibly complex and quite like the Dyson Hoover requiring 5,000 prototypes to be a success, you'd probably expect some of the same in Egypt. You know, they uh, melted the brain and then drained it out through the nose and they knew that they had to do that. They knew they had to take the organs out because if the organs were rotting in the body, it would ruin the skin. So they knew exactly what they were doing and it seems like too much of a flute to be able to nail first time. Well, I suppose alternatively they were guided by, again, aliens or extraterrestrials who've mummified their remains. But yeah, this, I think this is a bit of a stretch. But what, however, is more damning is what has been found on some of the mummies. So in 1976, Dr. Michel Lescott from the Museum of Natural History in Paris received a sample from the mummified remains of the Egyptian pharaoh Ramses the Great to study. Using an electron microscope, she discovered grains of tobacco clinging to the fibres of his bandages. Now, you know, maybe an Egyptian pharaoh liked a cigarette of a night time, <laughs> but tobacco was not brought <laughs> over to Europe and Africa until after Columbus made his trips to the America. And also, it was definitely an American strain of tobacco because tobacco was able to be grown in some parts of Africa in later years, but it was clarified to be an American species of tobacco. On the other hand, this could easily be the result of contamination from someone handling the mummy, arguably even more likely considering that it was on one of the bandages. Imagine transporting a mummy <laughs> and a fag while you're doing it. But, um, actually, a a couple of years later, Dr. Svelta Balabanova, who's a forensic toxicologist, followed up on Dr. Lescott's findings with yet more intriguing evidence. In order to eliminate the possibility of contemporary contamination, Dr. Balabanova obtained samples of intestinal tissue from deep inside Ramses. So rather than the external layers of the skin and cloth, so she could rule out it's from, you know, someone touching cloth because they hadn't unwrapped the mummy at this point. And much to her amazement, she discovered traces of cannabis, cocoa and tobacco in his body cells, which is, um, again, something that came from the Americas and wasn't available in Africa and Europe until after 
Columbus return. That's why some really good dealers back then. <laughs> but again, people were still reluctant to believe her as it was the same mummy as before. It was still the Pharaoh Ramses the Great. So Dr. Balabanova then uh, flew in seven mummies and conducted a series of gas chromatography tests on the seven mummies. Every single individual revealed the presence of nicotine and cocaine. Again, <laughs> two things that were only in the Americas at the time. And the, both the mummies and the results were deemed entirely credible by the scientific community. So, you know, either archaeologists have been celebrating each mummy they discovered with a couple of lines of coke. But doing well, lights off the mummy itself. <laughs> well, yeah. Not, not only off the yeah. mummy, mu- mummy, but unwrapping it, getting inside his body cells and doing a bit of a line. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's how they died so young it wasn't a curse they were just snorting the remains of the mummy that's how they got sick <laughs> the alternative to the coked up archaeologists is uh, the Egyptians somehow had access to cocaine 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 and nicotine um, which i'd also like to point out and emphasize the idea that cocaine and nicotine came from the americas and never existed in africa or europe before columbus is undisputed in history professor martin barnell at cornell university is one of many scholars who saw these results and conceded that ancient trade links vastly predate present calculations. He said, we're getting more and more evidence of world trade at an earlier stage. However, these findings were in the 70s and 80s, and, you know, not not much has come after these. Well, no, and I didn't know about this at all. A lot of professors and scholars were basically saying that her findings point to trade happening well before Columbus, even though it suggested that he's kind of the first person who crossed the Atlantic. So a bit more evidence for you. Have either of you heard of the uh, Pitcairn Islands? No. So it's a very small island halfway between New Zealand and Chile, kind of in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. It's a British colony because a British ship had a mutiny and the survivors of the mutiny ended up on the islands and lived there and survived. Uh, It's actually pretty famous these days for all the wrong reasons. It's got a population of about 60 and it turned out all the adults were sexually abusing the children, uh, which is awful. But in 1820 on the islands, a rock inscription, which is written in ancient Egyptian, was reportedly discovered and it read our crew wrecked in a storm made land thank god we are people from the manu region we worship ra in accordance with the scripture we behold the sun and give voice so egypt is eighteen thousand kilometers away from pitcan islands which is about the same distance as uh, england to australia so they have absolutely no right to be there unless of course they are masters of oceanic travel and trade so going a bit off tangent, we are also made to believe that great seafaring civilizations like the Romans never crossed the Atlantic. There are actually indications that the Romans got as far as Brazil. And likewise, Egyptian hieroglyphics have been found in both Australia and the Americas and have both been dated to around the era ancient Egyptians were around. Of course, you could then go as far to link this to the South American pyramids being knowledge passed to the Incans and Mayans from the Egyptians. That just blown my mind. For first, just the writing that you mentioned of... Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I don't know how they ended up there, that maybe they're just exploring and shipwrecked on the island, but it's, it's pretty incredible. I, I mean, I don't think it's ever been proven that it's legitimately ancient Egyptian, but it's written in ancient Egyptian. So he was one of the 60 British people on Pitcairn Island, some are new ancient Egyptian and quickly wrote it down <laughs> yeah, and in uh, 1998 a scholar called john Sorensen decided to dedicate a serious portion of time 
to investigating the possibility of pre-Columban transatlantic trade. And he actually ended up finding a plethora of evidence and he concluded that it seems pretty much irrefutable. It ranges so much evidence, but just a few to give you a taste. Uh, um, Icelandic people with Native American DNA reports of a voyage from Bristol to Brazil and then rumours that an Aztec god is based on an African explorer. So basically this all boils down to that Christopher Columbus was one of the biggest frauds in history. Pretty much. Yeah. You know, either just a massive opportunist side, right? Like, I'll put my name to this when none of these are the Vikings or Egyptians have actually done. Yeah, I mean, it all seems very strange when analysed. What we know about history is what we are told. We are often fed the idea that Columbus was the first to cross the Atlantic and discovered the Americas, even though we actually know for a matter of a fact that Leif Erikson and the Viking lads did it before them. I've always found that a bit weird that Columbus gets called a credit. Obviously, obviously the natives were there first, but you know, Leif Erikson was the first European to do it and Columbus takes all the credit. Maybe we annoyed the Vikings invaded yeah. our homes and forgiven them. And there's also very clear evidence of Siberian Alaskan trade way before Columbus was even a little sperm in his father's testicles. <laughs> but yeah, we have supposedly irrefutable evidence of pre-Columban trade across the Atlantic from the Egyptians to the Romans to the Chinese. And it, it does lead to the looming question, why the need for a cover-up? Well, ironically, it was cocaine-sniffing mummies that could have potentially forwarded the plan to keep the secrets under wraps. But yeah, what do you guys think? Could the Egyptians have been involved in trade across the Atlantic? Do you think that's a possibility? Well, I don't really know where to start with this one to to properly unpack it because it's just utterly fascinating just the thought that all these civilizations, we thought they were advanced for their time, but they didn't really think they'd have the capability of shipbuilding and engineering qualities. I I guess if they got the pyramids, you'd argue a ship is probably easy to build. But I think the thing I'd like to point out here is the scientific evidence that the mummies had cocaine, nicotine, and cocoa and cannabis in their system is undeniable. It's just whether we either didn't know this transatlantic trade existed pre-Columbus or we didn't know that somehow Africa and Europe were growing these things just because, you know, they've always been undisputedly from America and nowhere else. Yeah, but if you just said that the strains of cannabis and cocoa yeah. were American, or tobacco especially were American strains, mm-hmm. that's to imply either they uh, imported some over from transatlantic trade routes and grew it in Africa or they got it from source from America but either way that definitely implies there was bit of ocean hopping from the Egyptians or yeah. maybe even coming over to, to Egypt. Either that or there's some very dodgy drug dealers who didn't know where to store their cocaine. So it's like, you know, you know, I'll never get checked uh, inside an Egyptian mummy. I store all my cocaine there. <laughs> it's just grand smuggling operations. All the, all the coke that professors are in on it. <laughs> yeah, trafficking all the Egyptian mummies around to get that cocaine fit. You've got to recut it because it might be slightly contaminated with intestinal skins. <laughs> but yeah, I think, that, again, it's going to be a to be a re- another really high score for me. I'll give her another 9.5 out of 10. It's been a very solid episode in terms of quality of conspiracies and theories in general. Really, it's really got me thinking. It seems, of course, like, say, with the with the Pitkin Islands, mm-hmm. the message from the worshippers of Ra, we can never 100% verify it, but if it was true, that was incredibly compelling to find. Yeah, yeah, ever interesting in that kind of stuff. You can find a whole bunch of evidence of Africans, Europeans, Chinese, Romans finding their way. Way over to the Americas with 
like pretty kind of irrefutable evidence that they were there. There's all kinds of influence on, on America's. Well, so all this seems to point that ancient civilizations were a lot more advanced than we thought. Just we know there's the uh, Egyptians clearly must have had boats going up and down the Nile. Yeah. One thing sailing down a, a, a freshwater river, we think of how brutal the ocean can be, especially how big mm. as well. The first people to set off must have no idea where they're going, trying to sail and keeping a straight direction and eventually hoping they hit land. Yeah, I guess you could argue they just never got back, if anything. I guess that could be a separate argument. But it, it does tie into uh, John's conspiracy that these ancient civilizations were more advanced than we ever thought possible. But and then I guess the question is, as you alluded to, Callum, what, what's the need for a cover-up? I, I don't really know the answer to that, but it's certainly something I'd be interested in exploring. Maybe it's not so much a cover-up, it's just we can't be 100% sure, yeah. just in case, to rather go with what we can definitely stick to and say, okay, if they're a bit more advanced, okay, it's fine, but we'll say that we've got definite evidence for this and Columbus being insistent that he was the first one to get to America and no one can change his mind. What do you want to rate the believability on? Was just the idea that Egyptians had um, set up transatlantic trade? Yeah, I think that's a good thing to go for. I mean, again, as with John's theory, it seems like the evidence you've presented seems to all point in that direction unless there's a grand conspiracy between the scientific and the professors just to cover up their drug habits. <laughs> I don't know what some professors get up to. Not sure it's like Wall Street where they're microdosing LSD to hit their targets, but I can't imagine it's that stressful being a tenured professor studying history for a living. You must be pretty comfortable. So I'm erring towards a higher believability because all this this whole podcast is seeming to be alluding to the fact that Egyptians especially were more advanced than we thought or either that or their advancements took place much earlier given they built the pyramids not maybe in 2500 BC but perhaps 10,000 BC and even earlier than that. So following on from that assumption, why couldn't they, if they could build pyramids through means that we can't fully understand, why couldn't they have crossed the Atlantic? and traded with these races across the world not just the americas from what this yeah i just love the things that they traded like they go to america and what they get given to trade is just cannabis and cocaine so they know the good stuff cannabis, cocaine. The <laughs> 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 is that just what, what humans seem to be programmed to do do stuff that feels good and take this you know, it'll chill you out it'll give you some more energy or whatever depending on what it what substance it is and then also i uh, think how they seem to have nailed uh, what's it mummification without any trial and error what Whatsoever, doing complex processes like melting the brain from within the skull and draining it through the nose, and even further to say South Americans who were uh, yeah, also ancient Peruvians and uh, people on the Canary Islands that years before the Egyptians. And then you also think they've, they've got um, pyramids as well, the Incas and the Mayans, mm. unless it just seems to be an inherent human thing to be fascinated by square based triangular objects. <laughs> seems like a weird <laughs> shape to build as you go yeah. to, but you never know. Perfect little apex stacking things up, get um, right, rain goes in smallest water he gets the top it's quite an aesthetically pleasing yeah. Object, I, I, why not weren't they also very consolation heavy the Incans and the Maya the Incans love the sun yeah. so it, which is again it's quite an inherently human thing to worship because it dictates day and night and it's basically the reason there's life on earth but for, for all that I'm, I'm going to go for a 7 out of 10 on this one I think this is quite mm. believable it, it doesn't seem to be any other explanation as to how these um, substances have been found deep in the tissues of mummified Egyptian bodies so yeah I'm convinced I'd, I'd definitely say that yeah what about you then John I, I mean, I really enjoyed this theory again. I think this episode, we're doing our best to rewrite history books, particularly regarding ancient Egypt, which is yeah. definitely a good thing in my book. 
yeah, I'm going to go have to go for a very high again, nine out of ten for me. Just the thought of even not just the Egyptian side, but just the the aspect of there being almost complete globalization thousands of years ago and and international trade is is pretty mind blowing thought. Believability wise, certainly was put across as almost irrefutable. If you're saying that cocaine and cannabis and that weren't found anywhere other than the Americas to then be found in the bodies of mummies thousands of miles away i don't really see how it could have got there without them visiting or having some sort of trade link and you have to visit to establish a trade link in the first place so unless it worked the other way around the, the americans actually discovered egypt they, they brought over the amazonians cannabis with them <laughs> but yeah i'd like to see someone kind of explain their way out of it so i don't know what the official it's kind of gone off the radar but i think the scientific there is one at all uh said it was credible but after the repercussions it's definitely been a bit more debated but again this was 30 40 years ago now so I was going to say the fact that you said it was yeah the, the uh, original research was in the seventies, mm. so it's almost been swept under the rug then by the sounds of it, which is always an ominous sign. And yeah, I think the ancient Egyptian scripture thing being washed up, I think that can be as much as it's a long way for it to travel in the sea. That's perhaps a bit easier to explain that it just got washed up or, or something like that. But certainly, for actually finding stuff within mummies rather than just contaminated on the outside, I think believability wise, I've got to go pretty high on this one. So. Um, I think another You're 7 out of 10. Much, yeah, for me, I found it super interesting. You can't really go wrong with um, rewriting history and also cocaine and Egyptian mummies. It's it's always going to be <laughs> be a good theory. Uh, I think just the uh, repercussions as well, you know, the fact that there was this whole kind of connected world pre-Christopher Columbus just sub- supposedly discovering America. I find it very interesting. So I, I will go for a 9 out of 10. It, it kind of all plays into this idea that, you know, there's, there's something deeper going on. Like, why would this ever need to be covered up but a lot of things allude to not only this trade but these civilizations being more advanced than we let on to I, I did a bit of research into the um, Babylonians who came a few thousand years before the Egyptians and you know they were very advanced as well so I don't see any reason why 2,000 years on the Egyptians wouldn't take it a step further it's a kind of a natural progression if anything but I definitely find it super interesting why they cover up is a question for another day but you know we are fed ancient Egyptian history at the age of six or seven or eight we're, we're heavily fed it uh, in school in the uk so definitely want us to get it into our brains early on about how they want us to see it but i was gonna say uh, why is that i remember yeah. being taught about like, i don't know the first advanced ancient civilization don't really get taught about the greeks as much should be teaching us math to know about melting a brain <laughs> okay, kids like that just fascinated by gruesome stuff like yeah, that though. Yeah, it's quite easy to digest and maybe rather than some yeah. philosophical musings of socrates yeah i think <laughs> Without doubt, the cocaine found on the mummies suggests some kind of trade. And then when I looked deeper into it, there's there's kind of all kinds of evidence suggesting trade was done before Columbus. And in my head, it's kind of without doubt. It happened before Columbus, but, you know, the Egyptians did come like 3,000 years before that. I'm going to score a, a 5 out of 10. The, the Egyptians had kind of some transatlantic trade. If we were talking about transatlantic trade pre-Columbus, I'd probably go quite a lot higher. Um, I, I love the idea, though, that the Egyptians were trading with the Americas just for cocaine and cannabis. I find it quite funny. I, I don't see any other explanation, though. I just, I just don't know. <laughs> or maybe they, instead of it being ships, they built on what the Atlanteans money is. just piloting their continent throughout the world. <laughs> Well, there you go. That's my conspiracy on mummies for you. Am I going to be crying to my mummy after losing another game of conspiracy? Why <laughs> <Find> that? Oh, linked to hard Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> Okay, yeah. So we're ending the podcast in the usual way, which is with a game of conspiracy. 
So for any new listeners, or for any existing listeners who haven't ever listened this far before, Conspiracy is a little game we play where the host, so today me, finds two conspiracy theories online and makes up another one. And the other hosts have to tell me which two are the ones I found online and which is the one I made up. So all three of them, we're not saying they're true conspiracies, we're just saying that two of them, someone, somewhere believes. So let's get into it. Conspiracy number one, Cleopatra was actually a three-eyed alien. <laughs> Either the three-eyed alien or those beautiful women in ancient Egypt. Uh, was he like 13? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> I'm going off the Julius Caesar version by Shakespeare. Well, so. Given she was 13 at one point. I don't know how old she was when she died. Everyone yeah, that's true. Well, not respectable 30. So number two is that the pyramids were actually built on the moon. And number three, the Egyptians didn't build the pyramids. The natives of Atlantis did. Oh, tying in with last week. Well, I like oh, yeah. it. Bit of a callback to yeah, our last I think, episode. I think I've got ideas already, but I'd like definitely like to hear a bit more. Have you got, got some more info for us? I do. So I'll, I'll run through it in order for you. So the Cleopatra being a three-eyed alien. She was allegedly part of an early alien presence in Egypt, ruled for a short while and brought with it advanced technology. She initially visited during the time of the pyramids and returned thousands of years later to eventually rule. Now, <laughs> it's a bit far-fetched, but there are apparently hieroglyphics predating Cleopatra by thousands of years that picture her face on the top of the pyramids, but with a third eye. The words glory of her father are next to the drawings of Cleopatra, which is what the name Cleopatra is actually derived from. The third eye was seen as allowing her to look into the future and the past, and the Illuminati eye was based on the legend of Ooh, Cleopatra. That's got a lot. Right, so two, the uh, pyramids were actually built on the moon. Again, got a <laughs> really? But, <laughs> yeah. but this one's actually not a fact, or not confirmed fact, anyway. So alien remains were allegedly found inside the Great Pyramid. And also part of the stone that makes up the pyramids is made up of moon rock. Hieroglyphics, also pictured within the pyramids, show spaceships dropping stones down, which many have taken to kind of say that they were brought from outer space, dropped down, and then yeah, reassembled, much like a <laughs> Lego kit. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, studies have shown that the rocks that were used to build the pyramids are made up of a very similar composition to uh, moon rock, which is the same sort of proportions of gold basalt and gypsum leading many to believe that it actually originated from the moon I just want to know that is there a big pyramid shaped hole in the moon on the dark side of the moon <laughs> I mean come on it would only be big square <laughs> <laughs> they were practically to make sure they gave them the exact setter that the kit required it so the instructions match I mean as, as much as I don't know that could exist it's just like I want to know the logic for transporting it over to earth like who just picks up a massive pyramid and brings it over it takes some spaceship apparently for like communication purposes because there are also pyramids on the moon and there's the, gla the glass pyramids as well and I think it mentioned about pyramids on earth being glass or reflecting glass or creating glass there you go then and then your final one so the pyramids were actually built by the natives of Atlantis the main kind of evidence for this is the fact that the sphinx itself is actually carved into natural rock rather than placed into the sand or just placed on top of the sand it's actually carved into the rock so this means there must have been fertile land and water when it was built not purely sand so it means it wasn't a desert when it was built because it was carved into rock which would actually place the sphinx to at least 12,500 years old if not up to 25,000 before the ice age the sand of the desert now represents the seabed of Atlantis the people of Atlantis were the only ones advanced enough to kind of build such technology and 
and there's a direct line from the pyramid to a submerged continent with a seamount. And on that seamount, there are two pinnacles that look like pyramids. Mm, interesting. So it's possible that it's Atlantis. Yeah. When Atlantis sunk, the Egyptians took the pyramids, the technology for the pyramids to another place and built it there rather than just let it sink. Right. Uh, yeah. That is your, I guess, your info. I guess first, I feel like I've had a bit of a habit of guessing second. Um, so I'll, I'll switch it on this time. <laughs> You've had an um, easy ride. I think they're all very good and high in with a lot of stuff, which makes you think, you know, that could be picked up. Like it's, it's difficult to rule out any alien conspiracy. It's difficult to rule out any Illuminati conspiracy. Difficult to rule out any kind of moon theory. Difficult to rule out any Atlantis theory, just because there's so many out there. So you'd argue that, you know, they, they could all exist. Think in terms of Cleopatra being a free-eyed alien. Egyptians and aliens have gone hand in hand, so it wouldn't surprise me if, if it is out there. In terms of um, the moon pyramids, again, I feel like I've heard about that, but it, I might have heard about pyramids on Mars, and I wonder if you try to adjust the Mars pyramid theory to be on the moon. So I'm intrigued, but at the same time, also ask, when... ask Elon Musk about that when he gets to Mars. <laughs> yeah, first thing they're going to do when they get to Mars is just build a massive pyramid. Then you can invite the Egyptians over to prove that yes, we did make them by aliens. Yeah. But then um, in terms of the Atlantis one as well, you know, I, I think when I was researching Atlantis, you know, there's lots of talk of them being, well, actually, I didn't research it, did I? Callum researched it, but when he, <laughs> when he told us about Atlantis, he told us like people thought they were an advanced civilization way ahead of their time and were even capable of steering a whole continent as a boat. So, you know, <laughs> but I'm, I'm really struggling. I think I'm going to rule out the Atlantis one just because I feel like you gave a lot of detail that although you are a very creative individual i'm not sure you'd have made up yourself and i feel like you've you've found it but fair play if you have made it up you've got an incredible imagination there so i'm gonna rule that one out i'm gonna <laughs> go uh, it's, it's annoying because i want to go for the moon one because i feel like you've adjusted it to be pyramids on mars but it's just something fishy about the free-eyed alien cleopatra so I'm, I'm gonna say that one's the conspiracy okay over to callum what are you well reckon? i was going to give the opposite course Luke, but in first i will say i will echo his thoughts in saying that the Atlantis one is maybe a bridge too far to be made up by John and I can maybe almost confirm that because I have seen Atlantis mentioned several times when I was researching the pyramids so by a process of deduction there we can eliminate Atlantis no doubt an interesting theory though but I'm going to do the opposite of you not just to be different to try and get someone a win and someone a definite loss I think that a three-eyed alien just seems like how would you make up the Cleopatra as a three-eyed alien you've got to have seen that somewhere and the um, pyramids on the moon you might have adapted from the glass pyramids on the moon so someone's thought of that so I would say that the three-eyed alien is the conspiracy it's the same as me oh okay, right so you're, damn, damn you're like I'm going to go the opposite of Luke I'm going to go for the same one <laughs> oh, I will, oh, I know, yeah. so you've said three-eyed alien is the conspiracy yeah, yeah, yeah. wait no I would just say that was a genuine one that's me getting my words wrong I uh, wanted to three-eyed alien the one uh, is a genuine <laughs> conspiracy I don't think that John has made up the glass pyramids oh. on the moon or oh, the pyramids on the moon based on the glass pyramids on the moon theory we had in our moon episode so apologies for any confusion out there listeners difficult terminology <laughs> okay so obviously one of you has been fooled so it is a half win for conspiracy you both correctly ruled out the Atlantis one so well done I thought I'd <laughs> maybe I was trying to be a bit too clever I thought I'd try and find an Atlantis one because you might think I was thinking back trying to think on my feet the last episode but no you did well to avoid that one the one I made up and the kind of joint winner along yes. with me is actually Luke because I did make up oh, the three-eyed alien <laughs> 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 my heart sunk 
<laughs> said that you agreed, <laughs> then realised you've got it wrong. So yeah, I did make that one up. The, the uh, glory of her father part, meaning her name, that was true, but the fact that it was drawn on the pyramids or whatever, I, I just made all that up. So yeah, it's a win for Conspiracy and a win for Luke, who I think hasn't been on the greatest run of form, so we'll be pleased to get another win mm-hmm. under his belt. No, under my right, in that case, I'll say, I'll say fair play for that one, because I must have underestimated your imaginative capabilities there, because I would have never, ever thought to associate Cleopatra with a three-eyed alien. <laughs> well, it was actually based on, I was just kind of looking up ancient Egypt as a whole, and I saw a drawing of like a god who had like an eye on the top of his head and looked a bit like Cleopatra, so it was based on that, really. So it wasn't entirely just from my own head, there was some sort of inspiration. But yeah, that rounds off this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed it, listeners. Thanks very much, as always, for listening. And keep trying to stay Adios, Adios Miko.